Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for our final episode of the semester. I am your co-host, Shermeen, and I am joined by my fellow PAWS peer mentor, Parmjeet. Hello, everyone. My name is Parmjeet, and we are so happy to be back for another episode. Thank you for tuning in with us this semester. Let's do a little recap before we jump into today's episode, shall we? Over the past few weeks, we have spoken about different topics, including time management in a dual environment, giving back to earth, and welcoming seasons of change. We've heard from different speakers belonging to the Baruch community, from staff from different departments, to current students, and even to graduating students. If you haven't already done so, be sure to listen to our other conversations from season three on our Spotify, Anchor, or Google podcast platforms. They have been such fun and insightful conversations, and be sure to check it out. And if you would like to review one of our episodes, give us feedback, or just drop your takeaways and favorite parts of the episodes, be sure to head on over to our Instagram at Baruch Pause, and in the bio, you can find the link to each review survey. Absolutely. And for those listeners who are new to the Bring the Virtual Balance podcast, we basically discuss a variety of topics that relate to the dimensions of the wellness wheel. And we have a focus on how each of these components can affect the student community. And so today we're going to be specifically focusing on emotional and mental well-being and discussing the importance of being kind to ourselves. And we couldn't be more excited to be joined by two members of our counseling center. And so please join me in giving a warm welcome to Victoria Monti and Nina Lee. If you could please introduce yourselves and your role on campus for our listeners. Hi, yeah, I'm happy to be here. My name is Victoria Monti. Um, I'm a PhD student at NYU um, in the counseling program. Um, I'm currently an extern in the Brew Counseling Center. Um, so I work with students here. Um, and uh, give therapy and um, any other mental health resources. Hi, thanks so much for having me. My name is Nina Lay. I'm a doctoral candidate at Teachers College, Columbia University. And I'm also a full-time intern at the Brew College Counseling Center. Um, like Victoria, I also see students for individual therapy. I also run a group. Um, on relating to ourselves and, and to others. Uh, I run that group once a week and we also have another group that uh, one of my co-interns co runs. Um, so yes, I'm really excited to be here. Thanks so, again so much for having us. And thank you for so much for joining us today and talking about a topic that is so near and dear to my heart and I know Shermin as well. We are so excited to jump right into this conversation. Um, and our topic for today is self-talk. We wanted to touch upon this topic because quite often some people may not realize that the way they talk to themselves or treat themselves has definitely has an impact on their well-being. And while I was researching more about negative self-talk, it was interesting because I came across multiple articles and they all mentioned this um, incredibly fascinating fact that according to the National Science Foundation, an average person has about 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day. Of those, 80% are negative and 95% are repetitive thoughts. So to just jump in, our first question is, what is, what is self-talk and why is it important that we pay attention to the words and actions we are saying and doing to ourselves? And Irania, Victoria, you can start. Right. This, these are really excellent and really important questions. Um, so I'm glad you brought them up. So let's start with what is self-talk. So self-talk is really... Um, 
like the inner voice that we have that speaks to our unconscious thoughts and as well as our, our, um, our unconscious thoughts, as well as our more conscious thoughts and beliefs and biases. And it's a way for our brain to sort of interpret and process the experiences that we go through on a daily basis. Um, and importantly, self-talk can uh, fall uh, on a range that can, it can be more positive or it can be more negative. So positive self-talk looks more supportive, negative self-talk looks more self-defeating. Um, and unfortunately, often our patterns of self-talk tend to be, or for many people, it tends to be more, um, fall on the more negative side where we focus on ideas like, oh, I'm not good enough, or I'm going to fail at something, or I, I can't do, I can't do this right, or can't do that right. Um, and there's a number of different categories that self-talk falls into. So there, I'm just going to mention four really broad categories that negative self-talk falls into. One is personalizing. And in personalizing, this means that you're blaming yourself when things go wrong. So kind of like internalizing something. Um, another category is polarizing, which means that you'd be seeing something um, as only good or bad, like like really black and white. So not really any gray area and or any room for anything in the middle. There's also a magnifying category. So this means that you're only focusing on the bad or the negative in every scenario and you're really not paying attention or, or like quickly dismissing anything good or positive about the situation. Um, and then one of the last categories I'll mention today is uh, catastrophizing. So that would mean that you'd be always expecting the worst um, out of the situation. So in contrast to negative self-talk, there's positive self-talk. And I just want to be clear that positive self-talk is not about like being narcissistic or like trying to trick ourselves into thinking things that are not true about ourselves or like heightening ourselves to things that, that again are not true. What it really is, is more about showing yourself self-compassion and understanding for who you are as a person and the experiences that you've been through. Um, so positive self-talk kind of like helps to change our inner voice uh, to say things like, oh, I can do better next time, or I can learn from my mistakes, and I don't have to be held back by, by these past uh, negative experiences. Um, and then as to your uh, second question, Parmjeet, in terms of why it's important that we pay attention to self-talk, I mean, there's a lot of problems uh, that come along with negative self-talk. So one of the main issues is that negative self-talk does not typically reflect reality. And so then it can convince people um, wrongly that not only are they not good enough, but that they can never get any better. Um, and it can sort of paralyze someone into like, um, like inaction and not doing anything because they like internalize all these negative thoughts about themselves. So people who experience depression and anxiety really frequently or tend to really frequently experience negative self-talk. Um, and this can be really destructive. So that like inner voice, that self-talk can be really overly critical. And it can also feel like it's constantly running and looping in our minds. So it can easily lead someone to feel overwhelmed by the negativity that they're experiencing and cause them to sort of ruminate in that negativity and, and attack themselves in a way that's very unfair and, and unreasonable. So um, I'll also get more into the benefits of positive self-talk a little later. It's really interesting you bring up all those aspects. Like I personally did not know there was like 
all these different types of self-talk because I'm, I was thinking it's just like you're not speaking you're, you're being too unkind to yourself and of that matter but you bring in like personalizing polarizing magnifying catastrophizing and so I wanted to ask like now that we know the difference between like positive and the negative side to self-talk specifically focusing into negative self-talk there's always like the saying of treating others the way you want to be treated and then there is you wouldn't yell or diminish a friend for doing something wrong so why are you doing it to yourself and as mentioned 80 percent of these thoughts that do occur are negative so is there like I guess from your perspective from someone who has the knowledge about this like is there a reason as to like what might be causing this? Is it due to the environment? Um, what can cause an individual to um, like go towards this negative self-talk? Like, um, could it be due to experiences that they've had or um, like what, what could be the reason? I guess like that's what I'm trying to ask. Yeah, so I, um, I think that's a really good question because um, there's really no rhyme or reason to it. I mean, at, on the one hand, it's very normal to have negative self-talk or to engage in that. It's, uh, it's actually like part of our brain's response um, to highlight and remember negative experiences um, over positive ones. Um, so it's probably like the probability that we will recall more uh, when we make a mistake or do something in the way we would have, in a way that we wouldn't have liked to um, is, is actually very likely. Um, it's the replaying of these messages that can perpetuate negative emotions. And that's that's the problem, right? That's when it becomes a little bit of problematic is when we have this different relationship to it and we start to bring meaning to it and we start to internalize it more. Um, and I guess to your question like of why this happens um, and just to add to that is that definitely traumatic experiences can perpetuate negative self-talk. I mean, if you have, let's say, a very critical parent um, and you know we are as children we um, our parents are models and so if you have a critical parent like maybe maybe you'll internalize that or maybe you had a friend who was really critical or somebody who you looked up to that was very critical like you might internalize that you might start to believe that about yourself um, you know children who are bullied and a lot of this will happen earlier earlier in develop in development um, and so um, Luckily, like there are so many things that we can do though to kind of take note of this negative self-talk and, and start to rewrite the story that we tell ourselves about who we are. Um, it was uh, one thing you mentioned, um, Victoria, that I found interesting was you said it was normal to engage in negative self-talk and that our brain remembers these negative experiences and replays the situations. So I just had a follow-up question to Shermin's. Is it easier to fall into this like rabbit hole of doubting our worth and what we're um, capable of or um, just thinking negative thoughts about ourselves? And I guess, have you seen similar situations come up during your time at the counseling center? I feel, I feel like these traits may manif manifest in students like, our, um, like ourselves and in other individuals and can cause these feelings of self-doubt. So yeah, is it easier to fall into this sort of rabbit hole? Yes, um, as Victoria mentioned before, you know, as you know, just as humans, we kind of have a tendency to engage more easily or it comes more easily to us to engage in negative self-talk as opposed to positive self-talk. So yeah, in terms of like falling into that rabbit hole, I do think that it, it, it is easier um, to do that for negative self-talk. 
And at the counseling center, yes, it is very common for us to see students engage in negative self-talk. And um, generally, it's really typical for people experiencing anxiety and depression to think negative thoughts about themselves and their abilities. Um, but really importantly, um, you certainly don't have to feel anxious or depressed in order to be engaging in negative self-talk. It happens to most of us, if not all of us. Um, so, you know, for our podcast listeners, if you're listening and experience, experiencing this, please know that, that you're not alone. Um, so working with a therapist, whether here at Baruch or outside of it, is a really great way to help change our negative self-talk um, to be more positive. Awesome. So definitely knowing that these resources are out there, whether it's like for the Baruch students listening in or for others, it's good to know that there are these people that can support you throughout this. And so I, I guess like from, from that perspective too, like when we are in the state, it can feel like we're stuck. So moving forward and taking these next steps, I think it can be very helpful in like walking out of that place where you're unkind to yourself and instead showing acts of kindness. So um, Paramjeet, if you'd like to continue with healing with positive mental monologue. Yeah, to now sort of shift the gears to the other end of the scale, positive self-talk. Um, you know, you kind of mentioned earlier that um, if people can like sort of change their inner voice to talking more about like, I can do better next time um, and minimizing being unkind to ourselves. And so now that we know what negative self-talk is and what positive self-talk is, what are the um, benefits to speaking to ourselves in a positive manner? And um, are there other actions and behaviors that can help us practice more positive self-talk? Yes, so there are so many benefits of positive self-talk. So, and, and this has been really demonstrated in research as well. So research has shown that positive self-talk can help to spark changes in the ways that we think about things and in our behaviors. Um, so it can help us to feel more motivated, um, help us to achieve our goals. And um, this is partially because positive self-talk usually uh, takes a wider perspective of, uh, of our lives and our opportunities, as opposed to negative self-talk, which tends to be more narrowly focused on things that feel threatening to us or damaging to us. Uh, positive self-talk also helps to boost confidence and resilience and, and calm our fears a little bit. Uh, it helps to reduce stress. So people who engage in positive self-talk are more likely to use, uh, to actually use coping strategies to reduce their stress. Uh, positive self-talk also helps people to reframe the way that they see difficult situations. Um, and also then subsequently open up new ways of thinking and problem solving, which can reduce stress as well. Uh, positive self-talk also helps to build better relationships. If you think about it, it just feels good to be around people who are positive. Um, it can be feel easier to connect with them and, and to get closer to them. Um, and then in terms of actions and behaviors that can help us practice more positive self-talk, um, Victoria, I think um, you had a number of different suggestions on, on that. So maybe you want to go back um, and, and mention some of those, like ways to, for example, ways to challenge automatic or negative thoughts. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I can definitely jump in there. So I think also just remembering that, like, so what I was saying earlier about like the fact that it's not that the negative self-talk is, is necessarily a bad thing. And I try to stay away from like the bad and the good, right? And the black and the white. It's more of that sometimes when we have negative self-talk, we start to jump in and, and think that these are true. Like these are sweeping assertions that must be true about ourselves. And they elicit a lot of emotional responses. And then when we have those feelings, a lot of the time with feeling, we feel like this 
a finite definitive thing. Like I'm never not going to feel sad or I'm never not going to feel good. And so knowing that, you know, when you do have these negative self-talk, noting that, you know, there's a skill in mindfulness and meditation of noting and saying like, okay, like I see that I'm having this thought right now and then, and stopping there and letting it go and not, you know, making an interpretation of it or making meaning out of it. And so what happens is if we don't do that, then we start to create a story about who we are and how we see ourselves. And that might not be true, right? It probably won't be true. And so I think my meditation is, is really helpful skill in noting that, because like I said earlier, like it's very normal. The happiest of us can have negative self-talk that it is a incredibly normal thing to experience, regardless of the trauma, regardless of any kind of, you know, parent that you had or sibling or whatever it is, like you were going to have negative self-talk. It is part of the human experience. It's like, how do you relate to it differently? Which is, I think, the, the biggest thing here. Um, so there are other ways to challenge negative thoughts. Um, so, you know, like there's, a lot of the times, like Mina was talking about catastrophizing. And so when we think of a catastrophizing, usually the preface for any kind of catastrophizing thought is what if, what if this happens? What if I fail out of school? What if I get expelled? What if my teacher hates me? What if I don't see, you know, this person rejects me and I ask them on a date? What if, what if, what if, well, you know, what if you say, <laughs> I just did it. What if I, I ace this test? Like, what if I, you know, I excel in school. What if I, you know, th this person wants to go on a date with me and has been looking forward to me asking them out, like trying to change the dialogue there. And the thing is, is about the mind is that it doesn't really know like the difference between reality and fantasy. And so when you create like these ideas in your head of like, I'm going to challenge this, like you can actually start to believe these things, right? Why? why is it that we believe the negative things that we think about ourselves? Like, why not believe the positive things too? Like, why not perpetuate that story instead? Um, there's other things that you can do to challenge yourself. So like, what, what is the evidence that this thought is true? You know, you can ask yourself that. Um, if you really are stuck, like if you really are having a hard time noting it and letting it go, like sometimes that's not always feasible for everybody. So like, why, what's, what it shows me, like what evidence, what data points do I have to actually believe this claim that I've created or that I'm thinking right now? Um, you know, how, how have I tolerated these, you know, situations in the past? Like, what have I done in the past to actually make you know, make it seem that I am, I'm, I'm capable of overcoming this challenge. You know, a lot of the times too, like stress, when we're going through stress, you know, it's, it's likely to experience negative self-talk because it's like a problem solving thing. And so, you know, what, how can you like draw on past experiences to kind of bolster like the internal resources that you have and the strength and the resilience that you already have to let you overcome these situations? Um, so, uh, like I said, I, I, I am a big proponent of mindfulness. And so I think mindfulness is always a good adjunct or complement to all of these things, whether it's your challenging thoughts or noting or, you know, talking with a family member or friend and you want them to point some things out to you as to why you're engaging in negative self-talk. Like that could be helpful as well. Um, I would think, you know, one of the nice things too to do is like thinking of yourself as like your dearest friend or family member, like how would you, would you be okay? And I know that you said this earlier, but like, would you be okay of like, you know, uh, if, if somebody, you know, said the things that you said about yourself to your, to your friend or your family member, like would probably not. Right. And so like, how, wh why is it that your friend deserves or your family member deserves these kind words, but you don't. And so like really investigating that, but with no judgment, like just really taking a look at that. And, 
Um, and I think in addition to that, like acting in a way of like, what would it look like for you to take care of yourself or to be nice to yourself? And, you know, there's this term that we hear all the time and it's been popularized, self-care. And, you know, you know, I appreciate you bringing up like this narcissist, you know, idea, because I think that sometimes people think like, well, if I take, if I take care of myself, that means I'm selfish, but not, it does not mean that um, necessarily. It means like, you know, self-care could look like I'm going to take a 10 minute study break and like, get, make myself a sandwich, or I'm going to go for a walk. It doesn't actually have to mean these like grand things that you do, like going to, going to a spa or on vacation. It doesn't need to be like, it doesn't need to have a, a huge monetary value or any monetary value. Um, and so defining like, what would self-care look like for you? And I think that the more that you engage in the self-care that is in line with your own values, the more you'll be able to say like, oh, wait, I'm, I'm doing something right now that's not in line with taking care of myself. I'm thinking this thing that's not in line with taking care of myself. How would I treat somebody who I love? Like, would I say this thing to them? I probably wouldn't. Okay, like this probably doesn't really mean anything. So just, you know, again, like noting meditation, acting in a way that would be in line with taking care of yourself. These are all really good things that you could do. I think like oh, the way you explained it, it's like, it's so interesting to me because I feel that like when when you start thinking of it from that perspective of like how, if you were seeing the same things that you were seeing about yourself to others and that makes a lot of things look then you'll realize like maybe I'm being a little too harsh on myself and that's when you start getting more understanding of how you're presenting yourself and so I know like one of the things that we really value during all of our sessions and all of our podcasts is the power of affirmations and that's something we've been referencing a lot, like throughout even past seasons. So like, as mentioned, like using these positive affirmations to ourselves can help motivate, encourage and inspire our inner selves. So could you just um, maybe speak a little bit about what affirmations are for the people who might not know listening in and what are some steps of how they can implement those into their daily lives? Because I know sometimes it can be weird. Like, how, how can I, you know, like saying that to myself, like, how would that even play out to be like? But if you could just touch upon that, like what, what it is and how to implement it. Yeah, definitely. So affirmations are generally like they're they're basically um, like like complete statements about like positive things about who you are, who you want to be, right? So it could be like, I am worthy, or I am deserving, or I am smart. So anything that is complimentary to you or um, is, is, is positive about yourself. Um, and you don't actually have to believe it. Um, and like what I said earlier about like the mind doesn't really know the difference. So, um, you could say these things until you believe it. There's this like saying that, you know, here a lot called like, you know, saying like act as if like act, you know, fake it till you make it. Um, and so like this actually really applies here. So like the more that you say these things about yourself, the more your mind will actually start to believe like, oh wait, I am smart or I am worthy or I am deserving. Um, and so it does challenge negative self-talk, right? Because the point of negative or the, the problem with negative self-talk, like I said earlier, is that we start to relate to it very um, in, a, in a way that actually makes it grow. And so we're like essentially feeding the beast, right? So we want to feed a different beast or we, we can call it a, a puppy or whatever you want to call it, an affirmation analogy that you want to make for it. But, you know, you're, you're feeding a different part of yourself. You're feeding this other dialogue, this other narrative, this other story. And so you start to, you know, that starts to become who you are in a sense. Um, and it allows you to retrain. You're essentially retraining your mind. Um, and, you know, like, I, I, I realized I went on this whole, like, 
tirade about, you know, uh, negative self-talk and what we can do for it. And it's like, you know, even though it's, it, it seems like it can be a simple thing to do, it's actually not very simple because like I said, these are ingrained, these we're hardwired to engage in negative self-talk. So in a way we're kind of going against our own like biology. And so this is not exactly easy. And so I don't want anybody who's listening to think, well, I tried this and I was terrible at it and I failed and then I'm just doomed to like talk to myself in this way forever. Like that, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's a lot of practice. This is really like an exercise for the mind affirmations and I meditation. Um, so um, I, one, you know, simple ways to kind of inc incorporate affirmations into your life or just, you know, sitting in front of the mirror, like maybe saying like, all right, for, for the, for one minute every day, I'm going to say nice things about myself in front of my mirror. That could feel really awkward, but, you know, sometimes it actually really, it, it can do a lot of good and it, you can feel more comfortable with it as you do it. Another way is just repeating it to yourself, you know, in, in your head, you can say it out loud. I think that's actually can be more powerful of saying like, I'm worthy. You know, if you're in the bathroom, you're taking your break or like if you're in class and, you know, like just thinking to yourself, like maybe you have a bad thought uh, or a thought about yourself. That's not great. You know, you want to challenge it. I'm, I'm great. You know, I'm smart. Um, you don't have to say it out loud. Um, I think also writing it in bullet points is, is really helpful. And like, so like having a list for yourself and then like reading off of that list every day of things that you want to believe about yourself or that are true, you know, that, that, that are positive. Um, I think that the best, you know, the, the, the creme de la creme of, of um, affirmations, and it's not exactly affirmations, but it's, it, it's like a, a more like where, um, like what I was just saying are kind of like bullet points. This is like more of an essay, but like writing a letter to yourself of like, of, of, you know, self-compassion of like saying things that you would want somebody to tell you about you yourself that are good and that are, that are powerful. Um, that could be very effective, effective, but I think just to kind of like go back to like the very basics of like, what affirmations could you say to yourself? Like I said, like one could be like, I'm smart or like, I have the, I have the, I am in control or I have the power to, to help myself or, um, it, you know, I, um, this is, this is something that I'm learning and this is a new experience for me. And I'm getting a lot of um, information from it versus like, I hate this experience and I don't wanna show up for it. You know, it could, it can look, it can be as long or short as you'd like it to be. I think that the more impactful and when you're starting out in the beginning is if you make them very brief and quick and, 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 and easy to implement in your life. And the more that you're, the easier it's implement, easier it is you're able to implement it in your life, the more likely you'll be able to practice it every day and, and exercise your mind in that way. I think those are all like really great points that you bring up, Victoria. And so um, like leaving off on that, those important notes, I do want to begin wrapping up with our final questions pertaining to this topic. And so I wanted to ask like, since, well, I wanted to basically have us share. I know we went through like how powerful affirmations can be and the benefits that they hold. So I know, again, like it, it takes some time to get used to for people to like begin saying those. But I think like, I guess we can go around and share an affirmation that we'd recommend to others, something that um, we'd say. So just an example for the people who might be listening in. So um, Victoria, Nina, if you'd like to start us off. Sure, I have an affirmation that I, I really love. Um, and I think it, it's really particularly applicable to, to, to students or 
um, any type of similar situation, but or, or any situation, but um, this affirmation is, I am worthy not because of what I do, but because of who I am. I think as students, um, there's like a, a tendency to feel like you have to do more, I have to achieve more, I have to be more part of another club, I have to get that other A, work on another research project, uh, but, but we are worthy and valuable uh, because of who we are, not necessarily what we produce. I love that. I think that's so beautiful. Mine is, um, I, I am okay. Um, because I think that a lot of the time, um, especially with finals coming up and um, all of the stress that even though the holidays can be really fun, it, it also is associated with a lot of stress. And, and sometimes we feel like we're not okay. And, 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 and that stress and that um, anxiety about finals can be very overwhelming or just the holidays itself. And so just like noting yourself, I'm okay. Like I'm okay. Or like I even, um, another one that I like too is like, I've, I've got you or like, I've got your back. Like, it's almost like you're becoming a friend to yourself. So, and you know, we were talking about earlier about like what you will want to say to a friend, like being a friend to yourself, like I've got your back, you know, I've got you in this. I love this. Personally, I'm going to say that I'm going to be using that one. Like I am enough. I'm doing like who I am because like, believe me, I relate to that. Like so many times I just say.